Hello, and welcome to Stampede Insights, a podcast created to give you a behind-the-scenes look into what's happening at Stampede. I'm Brock Furlong, President and CEO, and on each podcast, Stampede team members will get together to chat about new and interesting things at Stampede, in the food service industry, and of course, in their own lives. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Hello to our listeners. I'm here today with Sylvia, better known as Paula. Uh, Miranda, who heads our HR department in our newest facility in Sunland Park, New Mexico. It has been quite a year for Sunland Park, uh, with this being only their second year in operation and having to face uh, the brunt of the pandemic largely alone with very little direct support from Chicago, uh, given some of the policies that we put in place around COVID very early on uh, about intermingling people from different facilities in different locations. Uh, Today, we're here to discuss specifically uh, the upcoming holiday break and how it must uh, be different this year than maybe any other time in history and certainly any other time in the history of Stampede Meat. But before we dive into that topic, uh, I wanted to spend some time allowing the listeners to get to know you a bit better. Is that a fair thing for us to do, Paul? Are you comfortable with that? Yes, that's fair. Okay. So let's start with family. I know from previous discussions that you and I have had that that's very important to you. Tell, tell me a bit about you growing up, how, where, when, and why family developed into your family developed into such a tightly knit group. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me Brock to your podcast and family. It is a very touchy and important subject to me. Um, So I grew up in the border town, which is Juarez. It's the the border city with El Paso, Texas. And when I was in middle school, I came over with my family. They they transferred my dad to a facility here in El Paso. So we had to move. And but even I guess to backtrack a little bit, my my mother is she has twelve siblings. And wow. Yes. Oh, I remember that now. I remember you telling <laughs> me that. Wow. Yes, it's cute. We have a huge family on my mom's side. And then I have not as big, but very big family on my dad's side because he has nine siblings. Wow. So overall, That's I have a huge crazy. family. <laughs> yes. But it's also very fun, crazy and fun. So, So that's where I kind of started like where family became very important because every Sunday we would spend it with either or either or of the families, either with my mom's side or with my dad's side. So religiously, we would go to grandma's house every Sunday until I was probably around 20 years old. Wow. So my parents passed on that tradition to our immediate family and I have three sisters. So now we don't get together on Sundays, but every Saturday we get together and we just talk about how our life is going, our week is going, our job, everything that's going on in our lives. We talk about that's the time, like it's, it's that time that we all save to be together. And that's now, how we guys, become so close. Do you guys use technology all like group texts and that sort of thing? Because I know my family started this group text thing and mostly it's, 
it seems like mostly it's shots of food that's either being prepared <laughs> by Jacob or Connor or Emily or Jill or myself. And that, that seems to be the very common language <laughs> that we share. But I wonder if you guys are doing anything neat with that. Yes, we have a lot of group texts. I have my mom's side of the family group chat. We have my dad's side of the family group chat. I have my sister's group chat, the whole family, my immediate family group chat. So <laughs> it oh, gets well. very interesting. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you know, the role that technology now plays to keep us better connected, even when we mm-hmm. are apart. It's fun. Definitely. Now, I understand. Uh, I know you're engaged and very recently, I think, finally landed a house. Congratulations. When's <laughs> the big move in day? And I assume that the uh, house inspection went fine. Well, <laughs> that's a very, um, again, a very difficult subject. It's a very happy subject because I'm very happy I got engaged. Um, recently, uh, about four weeks ago or three weeks ago, but because of what's going on right now with a pandemic, it has been extremely difficult to land a deal on the house. So our deal didn't went through. So we don't have a house yet. No. Oh no! I thought for sure. Oh, no, man. it didn't. Last minute thing. Um. So it's been extremely difficult. So we have decided that we're going to hold off on buying the house just because it's been so hard during this this time for us to buy to buy a house. People from bigger cities are moving to smaller towns like El Paso. So and then the interest rates are so low, so people are buying houses like crazy. So we're Yeah, I think on. that uh I can't even imagine so my um daughter and future son-in-law emily and and cam they they've spent a few days looking and you know similar situation here in chicago maybe not quite as bad as el paso but you know some of the better properties and the ones that they really like get snapped up almost right away Mm -hmm. the whole process of trying to look because you have to wear a mask they wear masks they like it's it's you're going through other people's homes which is nerve-wracking and i just i can't even envision it yet the sale of homes is through the roof as people try to, as you said, get out of bigger cities and get out of condos and apartment buildings and, you know, try to get space around them as the, you know, it's kind of seems to be the new norm with this pandemic. So, yeah, we're going to put it off. (laughs) I feel badly, but that's probably good. Put, put it on pause, you know, you know, get the stress out of your life because there's enough stress, which we're going to talk about here in a, for, a moment in your life, uh, in, at least in your work life anyway. So yes. now what are you guys doing from uh, what about wedding plans and that sort of thing? Are you putting anything concrete in place or you're waiting as well to see what how things transpire here with the pandemic? Well, we what we're trying to do is we are trying to make plans. Um, we are very hopeful that eventually we're going to find out what the new normal is going to look like. So we are making plans for end of next year. Um, of course, I think even weddings are going to have to change. So we're trying to make a smaller wedding with just the real special people that have made an impact in our relationship or in our personal life. So. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I wish I could convince uh, Emily and Cam to do that, but they're because <laughs> their date's June which obviously is very much on the bubble, but they want to decide by January whether it's Mm -hmm. on or off because they feel if they don't decide then, they're not going to be able to get a date if they cancel too or they try to move it too late. It'll be too hard. Right. 
-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, time will tell. I hopefully the hopefully it clears up by then, and they they have a shot at it. Uh, unfortunately, they have a lot of um, uh, folks that are coming from Canada because uh, obviously I'm Canadian originally. And so that's even tougher to envision when the border will be, when people, when the border will be officially open and when they'll, you know, folks up in Canada will feel safe coming down to the, to a, uh, to a wedding in the U S so who knows? Right, right. Yeah. So why HR? Clearly you have the drive and the energy and the passion to be in just about any business discipline uh, what led you to kind of want a career in H human resources? I love HR. I know most people don't really like HR, but I really enjoy it. And I started in HR. I was actually an intern for um, another facility as a production scheduler. But oh. I would take on a lot of projects that were HR related, like I would help out with the trainings, um, visual aids for employees, and just a dealing with the with one-on-one -on -one with employees. And when uh, a group of my supervisors saw that I enjoyed that so much, they offered me to get transferred to the HR department. And that was when I was in college. And after college, I got offered a position as an HR supervisor there because I enjoyed it so much and I had grew so much with the company. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Mm -hmm. You're fortunate to find that. It's a long, long time ago. I started my career in marketing and thankfully mm -hmm. wasn't that good at it and got into more general management relatively quickly because I'm not sure I, I would have survived as a pure marketing person. Mm -hmm. Didn't didn't love that. I, I liked it, but didn't love it. So but when I got into yeah. leadership roles, it was it was better a better fit when I got to touch more areas of the business. So. Mm -hmm. I was very lucky to find that, to be able to, to identify what I enjoy doing at an early, early stage in my career. So tell me what attracted you to, to Stampede and specifically Sunland Park and what keeps you motivated uh, day to day uh, as part of that leadership team? Well, initially I was attracted to Stampede. At the moment when I applied to Stampede, I was working for the public sector and I knew I wanted something more fast-paced. And Stampede was a brand new company to the area. And so I did a little bit of research on what the industry looked like. And one of the things that got my attention was that, that it, it's constantly changing and it's a very fast-paced environment. So that's what initially attracted me to Stampede. So I applied and luckily I got the job. And then as I started with Stampede and I more time passed along, I saw that I truly believed in what Stampede believes, the core values that it has and how they treat, how we treat our employees. And I, 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 thought, I, I immediately thought, it, it didn't take me long. It took me like probably two weeks, three weeks to find out that I was not going to have a hard time advertising for recruiting, which is mm. like HR is very important because I truly believed in what Stampede believes and how they, uh, how we treat our employees. Cool. As you think mm -hmm. back to day one, ground zero, whatever you call it, when you, the first day you started that first week, if you will, 
what's, what was the biggest learning that week and what was the, what was the, maybe the biggest surprise in that first week? Well, I think the biggest learning was the, for sure, it was a very fast-paced environment, but that having the correct support group in the leadership team, I we could get through anything because it was it was crazy. It was a startup, and I had never done that in my life, um, so it was very crazy. But I had the correct correct support group here at work. But my biggest surprise was. And it's very funny that you you asked me because I talked about I talked about it with my family at Thanksgiving. That during my first week, when my parents asked me how it was going and how how if I liked it or not, if I liked the new job, I told them, you know, it's a very different company because it almost feels like everyone has known each other for the longest time because they treat each other like family, which is very strange for me. And I thought that was a huge surprise for me, but more and more I started enjoying that, those relationships here at work because people truly care for each other out inside and outside of work. So that was a huge surprise for me and such a big company that even we're miles and miles apart, I think the leadership team has done a very good job at making it a point that we're one single team and that we need to treat each other like family. That's great. Yeah, well, we certainly work hard at it. I'm not sure we every day we do it as well as we could or should, but um, it's certainly been a passion of mine for a very long period of time. I always felt that, you know, if you're going to spend a lot of time around each other, then you, you better like each other or find a way to like mm -hmm. each other and find a common language around that because, um, you know, oftentimes we, we, we end up spending more time with um, people at work than we do with our families just you know when things get particularly and I know you guys did during startup because it was nuts uh, absolutely mm -hmm. crazy so fast forward now to the end of February 2020 when we initiated our first COVID policy and uh, what was your I'm just curious this is kind of a I, I ask almost everybody that this but what was your thought on duration and extent of the virus at that point when we were pulling together that first policy Oh my God, I did not think we were going to be talking about it this far along or dealing with it this far along. Um, I really thought it was going to be something seasonal when I first heard about COVID. Um, little did I know it was going to last longer and we're going to have to, and everyone is going to be affected more than I thought initially. Yeah, I can remember you know, getting, getting, uh, you know, getting, having conversations with different folks about, you know, and I had people that, you know, two, three weeks were beyond it and two, three months. And I was kind of in the four to six month camp, I thought, you know, and obviously, and I was probably the most pessimistic person around when I had that view. And obviously now with a, a kind of more of a sense that, you know, we're going to be hard on, or at least hard and, and fully implementing our policy likely right through the end of 2021, um, as a time frame that at least I'm throwing out there and, and I'm awfully hopeful that it will be better than that, but I think it's better to plan realistically and then be surprised than the other way around. So, right. but I'm as shocked as you were, I was thinking maximum six months and we'd be good to go. So this is, uh, yeah, definitely far more, um, intrusive and pervasive than, than I 
certainly than I thought uh, initially as well. Now you've been one of the things that I'm, you know, incredibly proud of through through um, uh, through the through the pandemic is the is the results that the COVID nineteen task force delivered to the company. So, and I know you you've been a core member since the get go. I'm curious, be, you know, what what is what is I mean, the reason I'm proud is because they. Yeah, I, I think there's almost no better example in the company of the value of improved daily over the last 10 months and, and probably even to a certain extent embracing innovation, that value, than, the, than, than really watching that task force from a distance, because I'm not part of it, uh, perform. So what, what has kept that team fresh and energized and bringing that almost constant flow of new initiatives to keep you know, our Stampede family safe? You know, I think it's a combination of several things. And one of them is that I think all the members that are part of that team um, are very involved, are very involved in having a safe environment for our employees. Because again, what affects one family member affects the whole family, right? So we're not dealing here, like you always say, we're not dealing only with employees, we're dealing with families. So I think everyone truly believes that at heart. And secondly, I think that since everyone was so involved in in bringing ideas to the table, whenever we would read something or hear about a new idea or, or come up with a new process, everyone, even if it was a very small or big thing, we would bring it, anyone would bring it to the table and we would talk about it and and do more research and develop it more. So I think that was, it played a huge part, the fact that there were no bad ideas at all. And people will take on those ideas and, and, and grow them. That's great, because I, I, I just think that's probably one of the most powerful teams, at least over the last 10 months, that we've had in place as a company. Now, there is a concept that's floating out there and lots of dialogue around it, and I've certainly included it, I think, in some of my weekly notes as well, around COVID fatigue. Uh, I know we're dealing with it. Uh, it affects everyone. It's affected me. It affects the leadership team. It's affected, you know, uh, our hourly employees. Um, so I know we're dealing with all levels of the organization and obviously your front line in Sunland Park dealing with it. I'm just curious as to how it's manifesting itself in kind of what you and your team are, are, are doing to combat it at Sunland. Well, we definitely always try to motivate each other, um, motivate each other within our team and motivate our employees because yes, everyone is so desperate to go back to what their life used to be before COVID. But we know that it it's not possible right now. So we just keep motivating everyone and we try to make the best out of it. And we try to be there for each other. So whenever someone's having a rough time, we we try to be there for for the employee, for the team member, and their their family. Yeah, and I think that the key is you know keeping it positive because you know it's kind of like um, you know I view the you know like I've, we're a highly transparent company. We share everything that's going on with customers, etc. And there's you know there, there, you, you always you know, there's always risk to that because that information can get shared out to competitors or, you know, you know, other customers that could use it in the in potentially the wrong fashion and uh, create some 
uh, challenges for the business. But I believe that 90 to 95% of those disclosures are by, by mistake. You know, people don't, 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 aren't willfully trying to hurt the company. They just share information that, you know, um, in error. So it's important. I think the same concept applies here. It's, you know, it's not that people, you know, don't want to wear the mask. It's not that they know that it's not important, but I think like we've all left the house. I've left the house before without a mask coming to work. And I just, I just forgot. And so now I've, you know, I keep masks in the car just so I don't, you know, as a backup, but, you know, being positive and keeping people energized and, and, you know, keeping reminding them, but in a, in a firm, but, you know, um, direct way, I think, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep, you know, people understanding that's important. And eventually it does obviously become routine. It doesn't, uh, I mean, the, the yearning for, you know, you know, the big family dinner at a restaurant, um, you know, that's, that, that's going to be a while. Um, but, yeah. you know, keeping people on point on the, on the tactical things that are necessary to keep the team safe, I think are important and making sure people don't get so fatigued that they forget some of the basics. Um, now, while we've made many changes, very positive to our COVID-19 policy, uh, more recently, we kind of took it to a whole new level. Um, um, the basically requiring um, behavior at home to align with the policy. Uh, with some enforcement provisions around that. Now, I, I know this is is controversial, um, and I, I, of course, had some feedback around that already, but I'm curious as to what frontline feedback you're getting uh, from the messaging that we're now putting out there to try to, you know, help with the reduction in community spread and then, and therefore, introducing risk uh, into to our family uh, from that community, from the communities in which we live. I think it it's definitely controversial and initially we did have some pushback for employees like saying well well I mean this is how we behave here and now we have to do it at home uh, but I guess more and more people have kind of um, copied for lack of a better word copied our our measures into their homes because mm. it's worked out for them and we have heard um good feedback about oh you know what i started doing i started cleaning so often at home whenever um we are to all together during the weekend or so we we just have gotten lately good feedback about it although initially everyone thought it was an over or most of our employees thought it was an overreach yeah yeah that's good that people's mindset are shifting i you know it's i i think it's and that maybe kind of leads us into the, uh, well, maybe before we get there uh, into the holidays and kind of expectations around the holidays, you know, we talked about the importance of family to you right at the beginning of our conversation here. And I'm certain given the size of your family, you have very rich and firmly held Christmas traditions. Can you tell me a bit about what those traditions would look like in a normal year and how you guys would approach it? Yes, Christmas is my favorite holiday. So <laughs> because it's it's so fun. It's so fun because I, I I have a huge family. So we get to do a lot of things. And part of the state, everything is a celebration for us, right? We even get together to put up the tree, the Christmas tree. So oh, wow. this year, we haven't been able to do that. We haven't been able to get together to cook our traditional Christmas food um, at home. 
And usually on Christmas Eve, we get together with my mom's side of the family, not all of it, but probably like six of her siblings. And it's still a lot of us because then they have kids and then they have grandkids. So it's a lot of us during Christmas Eve and some of us are in charge of games and another and some some others are in charge of desserts. So it's just a lot of fun. And not only that, but then on Christmas Day, we, my immediate family has brunch together and we open up more gifts. And then after that, we go to my dad's side of the family where they rent out a, a small party hall so we can celebrate Christmas there because it's so many of us. So it's a lot of fun. Um, this year, we've decided, of course, to um, do something different for Christmas but still yeah. keep our family engaged. Well, that's, re- that's, that's, uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear about that. Cause you know, yeah, you know, we, as noted, you know, in, in, in my weekly notes and I do spend a lot of time giving people this context, but we're dealing with elevated levels of COVID-19 uh, positive rate, absolute cases. And quite frankly, more recently, unfortunately deaths per day have gone, you know, have gotten into the, uh, into the top 10 of all time of events that have happened in the U S and I think, in fact, I think we have five now, um, that are in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one that's actually, um, uh, even rivaling to, to knock out, uh, nine 11, um, in terms of the impact on a daily basis to live. So, you know, that's, you know, that's, uh, obviously very somber right now for all of us as we, look at these elevated levels and some of even the predictions that uh, they will in fact get worse, not better in the coming weeks. So how's that, how's that, you know, families, you know, family is why we do what we do. That's one of the things that we believe at Stampede. We work really hard so that we can provide better opportunities for our families. Um, And we can invest, you know, more in our families. And obviously COVID's made that very challenging. So how are you looking at those same trends, those same traditions and kind of what new approach are you going to take this year? Well, we, it's definitely going to be different, but we all made it a point that we all need to be present uh, somewhere, somehow, one way or another. So we've decided to do different things. So one of them is we are still doing our gift exchange but we're going to do it via Zoom. So we did the, the, the gift exchange. And one day prior to Christmas Eve, we're going to get together via Zoom. And we're going to, everyone had by this time would have gotten, they had, would receive their, their gifts because we're going to ship them directly from the store. Oh. Right? To avoid any contact. So we're going to do that. It's a lot of fun. Um, we've gotten together where we had, um, tea and hot chocolate because we love hot chocolate and tea all of my mom's side of the family so we send each other like different teas or hot chocolates and then we got together and just spend some time together over zoom so we're doing a lot of different things in order to be together um but apart together but apart so together but apart together but Mm -hmm. safe Mm um what would if you had advice, if you had some advice that you could give to your fam, your Stampede family on how they should approach their Christmas celebrations this year, what would be two or three pieces of advice as they they look forward to the next couple of weeks? 
I would tell them that it's time, it's definitely time to show affection to our loved ones in a different way. I would say it's time to get creative. There's a lot of things that we can do to show that affection, that love that we feel for them. And we just need to be, need to find that time, that quality time. Because now if you think about it, the fact that we haven't seen our families in so long has made us miss them. So let's show that love. Let's get creative. Let's find ways to to be together. If that makes making a phone call, setting up some time to have video calls, sending them some some kind of gift, some kind of letter, some kind of anything. It's I think it's time to get creative. Yeah, one of the things that I think is. Um... That's, by the way, that's great advice. It's, um, it's certainly living it with my sister who's up in Canada and her family and my dad who's kind of been shuttered into his, uh, into his condo for the last 10 months up in Canada. My brother who's in Boston with his family and, and, and my wife Jill has obviously similar issues with her family situation and where they're located as well. So, and we're, we're planning some similar things in terms of uh, connectivity and, obviously keeping our bubble very small and contained to just the folks that uh, we've been safe with as best we can. But one of the things that I'm very nervous about right now, personally very nervous about is the, and not in a negative way. Like I love the fact that the, you know, I, I don't, I didn't hear whether they approved the vaccine today or not, but I know they did up in Canada yesterday and the UK last week and from Pfizer and uh, obviously Modern is in for approval as well. And there's obviously many more that are being tested out there. So there's a lot of really good positive energy around uh, vaccines, but they're not here yet. And it feels a bit like with this timing that there's going to be some folks out there that feel like, you know, we're in a, you know, that we're close to the finish line when really it's a marathon and we're at mile 20, we still have six miles to go. And that six miles could be 12 miles. I don't know, but it's definitely a big chunk of the race still ahead of us. We are not across the finish line and, you know, they may try to relax their behavior under the assumption that, you know, we are close to, if not across the finish line. So one, I guess I'm curious, do you share that concern? And if so, what words would you share with team members that may in fact already be feeling this, feeling this way already that they, you know, because of maybe COVID fatigue and missing their family as much as they are and wanting, as you say, express the love, but they want to do it directly. What message would you give them? I would tell them that we cannot let our guard down just yet. That we are definitely closer, but not there. And we all need to make this effort together this, the, the better we behave ourselves, the sooner this will all be over. And it's just this one time, this, it's just this one time so that we can spend the more holidays that are coming together. Um, but we're not quite there yet. We need yeah. to still wait and, and see the results and, the consequences that this will bring so that we can be together. Just wait, hold off, don't let your guard down. Be hopeful that we're closer, but not there yet. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a great message. I think that's a great message for people. You're going to give up this. Uh, you're, you're not giving up the holiday celebration. You're doing it differently. Um, but we do it differently this year so that we have, you know, so that our our loved ones are around to enjoy many more with us. Right. Um, and not just obviously Christmas and and New Year's, but hopefully Easter and all the holidays, all the holidays mm-hmm. that are yet to come in 2021. Um now, obviously, it's been a an upside down year for all of us. Um, you know, lots of uh, lots of pain and lots of stress, as we were talking about before we started this topic. <laughs> My loss of fifteen pounds, as an example, in the last uh, you know ten months. Um, uh, so there's there's lots of uh, there's certainly been lots of stress to go around, but there's also mm-hmm. some significant opportunities for learning. So as you think about your own journey over the, you know through the last ten months, you know what was your most significant learning? adapt and evolve (laughs) I think it's my biggest learning I think that although we need to keep planning and keep strategizing we cannot control what's ahead of us but we can definitely control how we react to it and how we approach it and I think that makes all the difference yeah I I agree that's my biggest learning I agree I agree and it's a great life lesson because hopefully not not as uh, not as disruptive as this, but as we look forward, there will always be things that are pushing us in different directions than maybe we had originally planned to, whether it be in the business world or even personally. So right. it's a it's a great lesson, a great life lesson. So as serious COVID as as serious as COVID has and and most certainly continues to be, uh, serious like a heart attack, as I've been described on occasion. Thanks, Chef Ron. <laughs> uh, there's certainly a number of uh, there, there have been a number of humorous times during this pandemic. Can you share one of those with our listeners? Something that, that really funny that happened in the course of the pandemic? You know, I don't, again, it's probably not, not that it happened, but how we approach um, COVID uh, things that happened here. So whenever this all started, it was um, a little bit chaotic because we didn't know how to react in the, in the HR department, right? We, a lot of things kept coming our way. And, but we all together made a decision that as hard as this was, we were in it together. And so we said, we would always say, it feels like the Hunger Games. (laughs) 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 And every time someone in the NRHR department here at Thailand Park would not wear their mask correctly or would do things that were not COVID appropriate, we we would tell them. We would point it out and tell them, like, we're not going to win the Hunger Games if if you don't put your mask correctly. So put it on and don't do that because we're not going to win the Hunger Games. Like, That's we... funny. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. it was very funny that we used that. And we would tell other departments, like, oh, my God, we're winning the Hunger Games. Have you noticed? No one from the HR department has been out. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was we would always make the best of it. Yeah, that's that's the best. That's what you can do. It's 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 interesting because. One of the funny things that maybe it's less funny from Jill's perspective, my wife's perspective, but it was funny from mm-hmm. mine. So when this all first, well, not when it first came down, but about, probably about a month into it, of course, I was here and Joe was stuck in uh, Arizona. And so um, my daughter and her fiance decided to move um, temporarily initially, and now it's permanent, but temporarily from their apartment in Oak Park, because Oak Park was one of the first uh, cities to get quarantined in Chicago. Um way back when and they didn't want to get stuck in their apartment so they asked they said yeah sure come to the house and we quickly kind of developed a routine 
and they they called it the they called it they called it the uh, the OG three, um, so the original Gangster three because it was just the <laughs> three of us, and we had we had a kind of it, we it didn't we didn't start this way but it kind of finished that way but everything like they had we had certain meals every day, um, and like pizzas was always Fridays, burgers was always Saturday night, I, I can't fish was always on Wednesdays like. It, 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 there was a, um, a vegetarian um, kind of pasta soup, uh, protein pasta soup. Uh, that was every Monday, I think. But it literally, it was the same every day uh, with, I think, one day that had variety. But everything else was identical. And then, you know, I went to get Jill in May. Uh, and Jacob was stuck there as well. Um, and bring them, was it May? Yeah, early May and bring them back to Chicago. So we did the whole RV thing and drove across the country with the three dogs and them. And, <clears throat> and so that, it, which was its own set of funny stories, which I've told a couple of times, but um, the funny, the funny part happened actually when they got back, because we had gotten into such a routine of, of who did what and who washed dishes when, and it, it just became natural. And now suddenly you have two new people that come into it <laughs> And everything gets messed up. And the biggest issue I had, and it took me, it took me, like, I was mad about it. Like, I laugh about it now, but I was mad about it at the time, was Jill kind of took over the meal planning. And so she started, like, the next thing you know, it's like, we're not having pizza on a Friday night. We're going to get sushi or we're going to, you know, we're going <laughs> to, she made, she made a chili or something. I'm like, what are we doing having chili? I don't get it. It's pizza night. And she goes, well, no, I just thought variety or whatever. It's like, no. And, 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 and it kept changing. I kept getting angrier. And then I finally sat down with her and I said, I said, okay, you know, it's fine. I'm, 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 I'm over it now, but I know why I acted the way I did. Cause she was getting frustrated with me for not liking the variety. And I said, I said to her, Jill, for the last three months, nothing has been stable. Nothing has been normal. Nothing I, I used to say I wake up every day the next day I go to bed thinking I know enough now to be part of the team that helps lead us through this pandemic and then I wake up the next day and think god everything I thought I knew yesterday's wrong now I got to learn everything again the only thing that was steady and constant was what I was going to have for dinner and it got to such a routine that I actually kind of relied on that as right. being one thing in my life that was steady and I said it's still a it was still excusing the expression of shit show in terms of the going to bed thinking, you know, and getting up and not knowing even back in May and even through June. But now there was no, there wasn't that constant steady state of the meal. Everything was changing. And so I said, it took, yeah, now, you know, I mean, now I would drive me crazy if I think I had the same meal every, every evening. <laughs> yeah. Like every day of the week. I mean, that would drive me crazy, but at the time it was a constant and it actually helped uh, just have something stable. Uh, day to day, yeah. week to week. Crazy as that sounds. Well, listen, thank you very much, Paulo, for spending so much time with me and allowing us to reach out and um, and make Stampede safer over the coming holiday season. Um, you know, I, 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 I can't tell you, you know, how proud I am of, of, of the team in Sunderland Park and what you guys have been able to accomplish in only your second year of operation. Uh, really with, you know, precious little... Um, obviously lots of moral support and, you know, as much support as we can provide on zoom, but you know, that, that, that's a tough ask of anyone. And, 
you know, I feel very fortunate to have uh, the team that's been built out there working on our behalf. Uh, I actually noticed in the, uh, in the production report from yesterday, yeah, from yesterday uh, that Sunland did, I don't know if it's a record or not. It's probably not a record, but it, it is probably a relative record, 177,000 pounds of the mm-hmm. 480 that we did as a company. So it was almost uh, 35, 36, 37% of our total production. So, you know, the team, it, there's no way that we could have done that without the, without the leadership team that's in place there. Zero chance. Thank you. I think it's, it's, it truly is a combined effort of the whole team here and the whole team back at Illinois. It's a, truly a combined effort. So thank you for the support. No, you're welcome, as well. Paulo, and stay safe. Thank you, Brock. Uh, thanks for listening to Stampede Insights. Join us in the future for new episodes and to meet more of our Stampede Meat family.